0: Thanks for listening and subscribe today for our new Substack newsletter. That's Michael Medved's context, placing today's big events in the unique perspective of our past and our future. Go to michaelmedved.substack.com and sign up today for my uncensored take on current controversies.
1: This is The Michael Medved Show.
0: And Another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a great and eventful day. Hunter Biden shows up uh, in Capitol Hill, and he is about to be cited for contempt of Congress, where he could actually go to jail, pay fines, uh, but he showed up. The one thing he didn't do, however, is... uh, actually have a meaningful interchange with the members of the house the house judiciary committee and the house oversight committee it was actually uh, an armageddon and, and a disaster and a clown show and uh, reflecting well on nobody one of the reporters uh, actually hollered out to Hunter Biden during his brief appearance. He was there less than a half hour and really didn't say anything. But uh, some of the one of the reporters hollered out to Hunter Biden, what kind of crack cocaine do you most like to smoke? Uh Hunter didn't answer. Uh, this is not a good me- moment for the Republic. All of this is going on while the Republican leadership is pushing uh, impeachment proceedings against Hunter's father who happens just as it happens, happens to be president of the United States, but they're trying to decide whether they should impeach Alexandra uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, first or second. Uh, and all of this while the clock ticks down to a government shutdown. Or a partial government shutdown again because they haven't done anything to actually reach that spending deal and it looks like Mike Johnson is running into a situation that was familiar to Kevin McCarthy the new speaker of the house has been trying his best to do a spending deal but has been torpedoed by some of the um, most militant Uh, right-wing voices in the House GOP and with all of the retirements and uh, then George uh, Santos being expelled uh, from Congress uh, with all of that going on you're talking about what could be very close votes on everything Uh, the Republican control of Congress hangs by a thread that's also going to be one of the big issues that will be settled in November of this year. And yes, it's now five days away from the Iowa caucuses. And tonight, uh, is a double dose of debates, though they are conflicting with one another. Uh, there is a debate on CNN uh, with Jake Tapper and Dana Bash as the moderators. That is a debate between Nikki Haley, who appears to be the front runner for that second position behind President Trump, and uh, Ron DeSantis trying to revive what has been a troubled campaign for him. Then over on Fox, there's a uh, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer, and at exactly the same time in exactly the same city, they are interviewing a in an hour long town hall uh, Donald Trump. One of the things I hope and I'm sure that they will ask about is Trump's endorsement of the theory that his most uh, energized uh, right now present opponent is Nikki Haley is not eligible to be president because both of her parents were naturalized American citizens who got naturalized as American citizens um, somehow before she was uh, only after she was born. Uh, so despite the fact that she's born in the United States, that both of her parents became nationalized citizens, that both of them were here legally, there is no illegal immigration in Nikki Haley's background, we will get to that issue. And then also a um, a new decision by Judge Angoran in this New York case, the fraud case that uh, Trump and his company are undergoing. Uh, he said today, Judge Angoran, that he does not expect Donald Trump to speak during closing arguments in the New York civil fraud trial. Uh, that would have been uh, when his lawyers sum everything up. Then President Trump had wanted to uh, to give some kind of additional uh Speech, little speech there. Uh, Trump banned from speaking in his own defense is the way it is being highlighted by the Trump team. Uh, In closing argument in the New York City fraud trial, uh, Angoran uh, said. Today, he does not expect Donald Trump to speak during the closing arguments in the f- fraud trial in a letter to attorneys for Trump and the New York Attorney General just after noon today. The judge said that Trump hasn't agreed to conditions to set should the former president wish to give a statement. Quote, Not having heard from you by the third extended deadline, noon today, I assume that Mr. Trump will not agree to the reasonable lawful limits I have imposed as a precondition to giving a closing statement above and beyond those given by his attorneys and that therefore he will not be speaking in court tomorrow. Uh, What Angoran seemed to be concerned about was that Trump would use his closing statement in this fraud case to uh, uh, launch a political diatribe, which uh, President Trump, in fairness, has been known to do and uh, so that will not happen. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, just moments ago, the House GOP revolted against Speaker Johnson's spending deal. A procedural vote failed today. Uh, more than a dozen hard-right conservatives killed it. So this means that the only way they're going to get the spending deal done uh, before there is a partial government shutdown will be if they rely on Democratic votes. There weren't a lot of Democratic votes to support the Republicans when Hunter Biden made his surprise appearance at the House committee hearings to hold him in contempt. Uh, the uh, House Republicans released a report recommending Hunter Biden be held in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena to sit for a closed-door deposition and offering uh, to testify publicly instead. Now, why it is that the Republicans don't want Hunter Biden to testify publicly, that they're insisting that he do a deposition with them behind closed doors— uh, and, and do that first, and then they would have a public hearing. Uh, Nancy Mace was passionate about this. And when, uh, Hunter Biden showed up in the hearing room, uh, she spoke directly to the president's son and said this, uh, clip 2A
2: first of all my first question is who bribed hunter biden to be here today that's my first question um second question you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee spitting in our face ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed what are you afraid of you have no balls to come up here and mr chairman point of inquiry mr chairman um the if the ladies if, if the general if the general lady wants to hear from things? hunter biden we can hear from him right now mr and chairman let's take a vote and hear from I'm hunter speaking. biden what are, are you afraid of hold on, afraid hold on hold on of? hold on what, order are order, are women allowed to speak in here or no are women allowed to speak in no? did you keep interrupting me i'll interrupt the chairman i don't know that he's a lady
1: i think that uh that hunter biden should be arrested right here right now and go straight to jail
2: uh
0: okay uh that didn't happen but he didn't get a chance to speak or to answer questions uh there we'll give you uh, more of that there's also a momentous decision that was made over at national review uh, in many regards america's leading conservative uh, journal they have a uh, editorial that they ran this morning Uh, right on the eve of these debates leading up to the Iowa caucuses five days from now, they actually made a general recommendation about how conservatives should vote on the presidential race and the race for the GOP nomination. We will get to that and more with Rich Lowry of National... Just seen on Capitol Hill today when all of a sudden Hunter Biden uh, showed up and uh, indicated he was willing to testify in public before the House Oversight Committee and/or the House Judiciary Committee. They were actually operating in adjoining uh, hearing rooms on Capitol Hill, and uh, after Nancy Mace had told. Uh, told hunter biden that he was the epitome of white privilege why she's talking about that i mean she's a person of white privilege right i mean uh why this actually got into a um a, a racial matter it is unclear and uh hunter biden uh then what have his defenders uh, when Nancy Mace said that Hunter Biden had no beep, uh, manhood, uh, then Representative Jasmine Crockett, a Democrat from Texas, responded directly to Nancy Mace, who had uh, called for Hunter Biden to be immediately arrested, by the way. Uh, it sounded like this. This is okay, clip Okay, all right. B. So
1: we love the Constitution today, and we also want to talk about foreign money coming in. Have y'all seen the report that was just produced where this chairman decided that he was going to block this committee from receiving additional information about y'all's guy, Trump, and all the money that he took? From what we did receive, we know that Trump got almost $6 million that we can account for, and we know that that there's more there from China specifically. We found almost $8 million total that he accepted from foreign governments while he was serving as the president of these United States. But we're concerned about the president's son, the president's son who has not been involved in his administration. I just wanna run it back though to the very beginning because this is something that I just can't get over. I can't get over the gentle lady from South Carolina talking about white privilege. It was a spit in the face, at least of mine as a black woman, for you to talk about what white privilege looks like, especially from that side of the aisle. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, and, and meanwhile, there's uh, the spending deal and trying to avoid a partial government shutdown. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, also began to speak and she had apparently prepared a, uh, a, a big speech. Now, part of the backstory in all of this is that both Marjorie Taylor Greene and Nancy Mace are on the short list. There was just a piece in the New York Times where they listed the likely candidates for vice president that Trump might choose. And Nancy Mace was on that list because apparently President Trump has expressed admiration for her uh, set of... uh, Well, I mean, she was talking about the lack of uh, manhood for... Uh, For Hunter Biden, uh, President Trump apparently appreciates the fact that uh, Nancy uh, Mace, who is a graduate of the Citadel, the elite military college, first female graduate, and uh, President Trump uh, admires her brass. Um, We can just leave it with brass. Uh <laughs> and and also uh Marjorie Taylor Greene is on any short list that has appeared anywhere as a potential running mate for Donald Trump because he also appreciates her loyalty and her strong support. She began to speak to deliver this speech to advance her own vice presidential candidacy after Nancy Grace had advanced her vice presidential candidacy, but then Hunter interrupted her disrespectfully and got up and walked out it sounded like this thank you mr
1: chairman uh excuse me hunter apparently you're afraid of my words
2: (laughs) oh i like to reclaim my time mr chairman burst their bubble wow that's too bad
0: Sits here with a smug look on on his face and runs away when it's my turn to talk. Not only is he a criminal, but he is a coward. Uh, (laughs) Yes, uh, that was uh, uh, at least delivering part of the message of her... talk which she had planned to deliver scolding Hunter Biden. Uh, then there was also Representative Raskin of uh, Maryland who is in the process still of recovering from his cancer diagnosis uh, though his diagnosis was well publicized it wasn't hushed up at any time as it was with lloyd austin which is another issue that is gathering some steam and energy in washington representative raskin uh, jamie raskin uh ripped his republican colleagues because of their treatment of this entire hunter biden issue uh listen clip 13.
2: donald trump converted the presidency into an instrument for self-enrichment He raked in millions of dollars from the most corrupt governments on earth who came in with specific favors that we document in our report that they got from Donald Trump. I beseech my colleagues, I will read any book, any magazine, any speech you've given that you want me to read. Read this report and come back and tell me if you think Donald Trump did the right thing in converting the White House into a for-profit operation. No other president in American history has come anywhere close. And you ask why he's so determined to stay in office that he would unleash violence against his own vice president, the brother of your colleague, of our colleague. Why would he do that? It's because it was a money-making operation, and it it was a great business grift for a guy who went bankrupt several times. And yet out of some misguided partisan loyalty, you're going to stick with them. I don't even know why you stick with him. He was a Democrat longer than he was a Republican. He wanted to run for president on the Reform Party. You guys have been taken over by an absolute con man. And now you're acting like members of a religious cult who don't even remember how you got in in the first place.
0: Uh, that's uh, Congressman Raskin of uh, Maryland and uh... While all this is going on, uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, very distinguished Washington lawyer um, and very expensive Washington lawyer, uh, was talking alongside him to the media in the halls of Congress right after Hunter Biden had stormed out, which was the moment that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene began talking. and. The uh, lawyer, well, we'll get to what he had to say. Uh, There was also a press conference today uh, with uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, the Republican from Louisiana, who uh, reacted to the Hunter Biden surprise appearance at his contempt of Congress. There's a lot of contempt, not of Congress, but for Congress right now. I mean... (laughs) Uh, john mccain once said that our approval rating is down to paid staff and uh, blood relatives but i'm not even sure you have those by the way uh, mike pence's brother did indicate he is retiring from congress not coming back in his role as a member of the house from indiana We will be speaking to Rich Lowry with a momentous announcement over at National Review about their editorial coming up on The Medved Show. From
1: politics to pop culture and from coast to coast,
2: this is The Michael Medved Show.
0: On The Michael Medved Show, one of our favorite guests uh, is Rich Lowry, who is the editor-in-chief of National Review. He also writes for Politico and appears all over the media to give a mainstream conservative point of view, very much in the tradition of William F. Buckley, who was the founder, of course, of National Review. And uh, Rich Lowry uh, just ran an editorial today and it was not an editorial i think that was particularly expected it was uh under the headline republican voters can and should rethink nominating trump uh rich was this uh a group decision that you made over national review to run this particular editorial
3: yeah all our unsigned editorials represent our our top editorial uh talent our editorial board and no, no surprise we're, we're not uh, big Trump people still even now and we think either DeSantis or Haley would be better options although just in sheer political terms is looking pretty forlorn at the moment.
0: Uh, that, which is what's interesting about your piece is you make a powerful case against Trump but you begin uh, by saying that Trump feels inevitable but nothing is settled until Republicans actually caucus and vote. Uh, they would be well advised, you write, to opt for one of the alternatives who are far and away better on the merits. When you talk about better on the merits, what is the biggest demerit, demerit. Th- that you focus on for Donald Trump? What is the the, the biggest argument against his uh, second term as president.
3: Well, it, it's clearly it's his conduct after the 2020 election was totally intolerable. It doesn't mean you have to think you know, it was insurrection. I don't think it was an insurrection or he should be knocked from the ballot. I don't think that either. But uh, this was, was unworthy conduct, uh, has kind of helped derange our, our politics, misled a lot of his supporters, a lot of good people. And you know, will he actually repeat this kind of thing again? You know, who knows? But it it just goes to uh, his character and how it's it's lacking and and not worthy of this high office. And then there are the more instrumental arguments. One, I think he could easily win, as we've talked about. In November, but he's a risky bet. It's like a fifty-fifty proposition. Whereas, with DeSantis or Haley, the tra- chances of, of beating Biden, which is really important, uh, go much higher. And both of them, I believe, especially DeSantis. You know, we've seen him in real time in Florida. <clears throat> would um, be better presidents. I mean, it's just gonna, if Trump wins again, it's going to be totally insane. The reaction from the left. Um, we always seen his erratic nature in, in office doesn 't mean he won 't do do some good things he will just the way he did the first term, but it'll be truly wild and unpredictable ride where a uh, president DeSantis or, or Haley I think would be much better uh, able to focus on on the things that are, that are truly important as just and as DeSantis repeatedly says you know are, are about the larger cause and not about one guy whereas, whereas a lot of the trump <clears throat> drama is just going to be about about him
0: well I, when you say the drama is going to be about him. Uh, and you talk about basically all hell breaking loose if uh, Trump wins and the reaction of the left. Uh, What about the reaction by Trump and his very devoted followers if he actually loses the election again? Uh, what What do you think the odds are that if Trump does lose the election, no matter how overwhelming the vote is or how close it is, Uh, What do you think the odds are that Trump will contest the next election if he loses?
3: If he loses, it's a near certainty. I I mean, even (laughs) if it's a a blowout, which I I don't think it, it will be, I mean, he's never... Conceded the legitimacy of any loss when he when he lost the Iowa caucuses to to Ted Cruz, you know, Uh, our our friend and a good conservative. He said Cruz had had stolen it. If Nikki Haley somehow beats him in New Hampshire, which there's some chance of that, he'll say it was stolen. So this is just the way. Uh, he operates, and it, it's 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 dangerous, you know, because people will believe him and react accordingly. So I just think we we are in a situation where if it's Biden and Trump again, which again looks likely, we we are going to be in a, in a a very in a place where some, some sort of extra legal activity on on either or both sides is is quite likely.
0: And one of the things that if it is a uh, Trump. Uh, Biden election, there are a lot of people who, who look and analyze the attitudes of the American people where overwhelming majorities uh, of both Democrats and Republicans don't want it to be a repeat of uh, Trump and Biden. So there may be a very uh, limited turnout. Uh, there may be people on both sides who don't turn up and uh This gets to uh, a point uh, about the polls. You have another article, your own opinion piece, about which poll in New Hampshire should you believe? The one that shows Nikki Haley within seven points of overtaking Trump or one that shows that the gap is more like 20 points? And your inclination?
3: I kind of think she's gaining, so I don't know whether she's within seven, I think it was seven, uh, in that uh, CNN University of New Hampshire poll, but I I think it's closer than 20 would be my... Would be my guess, and you know what happens Monday night will affect what happens in New Hampshire. The most favorable scenario for Nikki Haley, of course, is that she finishes second in Iowa, finishing the DeSantis campaign. I don't think DeSantis can go on unless he finishes a very surprising and strong second in Iowa, and and then she gets goes a little bounce in New Hampshire, and hopefully, you know, Trump underperforms a little bit in Iowa. You can argue about what that would be: is it under fifty? Is it under forty-five? It's close to forty. Um, but that, that's the ideal scenario for her, and then, and then maybe um, she surprises people in New Hampshire. It's, it's not unusual that the candidate who's in second in New Hampshire at this juncture, but gaining, uh, wins. So th- that that could easily happen. The, the question is where she goes from there, because New Hampshire is ideally suited for her. It's a mo- more moderate a state, state where people don't like the culture war necessarily, where her fiscal message really resonates, and she has support from independents and Democrats who can vote in that primary, which isn't isn't the case, it's in, the case of, in some other Republican primaries, but but not all of them. So she, she, she'd she have a tough road after that, but it would definitely be just to, to trip Trump up in an early contest would be uh, quite the political achievement.
0: I, I also do think... That the the chances if Trump loses any primary or any caucus, particularly if he loses early, like in New Hampshire, that his reaction to that loss mm. could could damage mm. his campaign very seriously. I, I remember the campaign between George Herbert Walker Bush and Bob Dole. And uh, Bob Dole did not graciously concede when he lost the New Hampshire primary. He was asked uh, on, on live TV, what do you have? Do you want to congratulate Vice President Bush? He said, I want to tell him to stop lying about my record.
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, what? What? can you even imagine what Trump's speech would be? I want to get to this with Rich Lowry, the editor of National Review. Just imagining him making a gracious cons- concession speech, that would be that's a that's a feat of the imagination,
3: isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And and the thing is, if Trump, after 2020, had just said this is wrong, I think I was treated unfairly. Uh, I hate it. But, you know, I know it's kind of a, my my role here to accept it. There's no way I'm going to be able to prove to people what I think is the case. And I'll see you in four years. I mean, he'd be—he's already leading Biden in polls now, but he'd be leading by five or seven points. I mean, he'd have to be the favorite in the general election. He—he would have uh, probably wouldn't even had opponents in the Republican. A nomination fight but he went down this this d- different road that had all sorts of downsides including including for him so i think you're right how he reacts to an early loss would potentially hurt him and you know there's some chance i don't think this is would happen and the odds are against it but there's some chance that it well let's be- get to that what well let's get to what uh, that
0: l- a remote chance might be with rich lowry we will be right back in a few moments There is a two-person debate that is coming up uh, tonight, uh, just uh, five days before the Iowa caucuses at Drake University in Des Moines. Uh, They are having a face-down between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And by the way, I'm sure they're both applauding the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy uh, wasn't invited. It's just the two of them. They're the only ones that qualified other than Donald Trump. Who at the same time is uh, doing a town hall on Fox with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. And that's all being offered at 9 p.m. Eastern Time uh, or 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, depending on where you are in the country. I'm speaking to Rich Lowry of National Review, who also writes regularly for Politico, is a best selling author a uh, wonderful book that uh, I, I gained much from, Lincoln Unbound, and uh, and also uh, a The Case for Nationalism, how it made us powerful, united, and free. Uh, talking about making us powerful, united, and free, there's this new uh, editorial in National Review, Republican Voters Can and Should Rethink Nominating Trump. Um, Rich, do, do you have some particular hopes that uh, on Fox tonight when Trump is there with two good news people Brett Baird and Martha McCallum uh, that uh, they could ask him something that could um, expose some of the weaknesses he brings to the table because I have my own candidate and yeah. I might as um, well say it is that the my my candidate is this latest thing. He has endorsed the idea that Nikki Haley is ineligible to be president because her parents were not naturalized citizens until after she was born, uh, which is constitutionally illiterate and it's wrong. And it, But if he brings that, if he is asked about that tonight and he endorses uh, the idea that Nikki Haley, after all this is ineligible to be uh, president because she's not a natural-born American citizen, which of course she is because she was born in Bamberg, South Carolina. Uh, Couldn't that harm his performance in the upcoming caucuses and in the New Hampshire primary?
3: I'm not so sure it it will. I mean, we've just been been through this now for years and years. You can to say wild things or express beliefs in, in whatever convenient adventurous theory that he's into at the moment, and it just doesn't, you know. If if Ron DeSantis were saying this, it'd be the end of Ron DeSantis. But Trump has this uh, to to uh, use a word that's uh, been the subject of legal argument lately: immunity on this on this kind of stuff so i think you know brett and martha will, will be great brett interviewed him a couple months ago on his show special report and cornered trump on a, a thing or two uh which is a little embarrassing for trump but he just has you know he has such self-confidence and, he, and he's willing to, to bulldog through anything uh the former president it's just it's just hard in these interviews or or these these settings to to pin him down and really hurt him on anything and, and again it's just just what what he says doesn't doesn't have the same effect it it would on on other candidates
0: if you were to uh, try to give an explanation to somebody from mars who was coming down and looking at this uh, situation what do you think is the essential appeal that that Trump presents to the people who are so loyal to him and so deeply devoted to his candidacy, to his presidency, and to bringing him back to the White House.
3: I think it's one word, and it's not un- hard to understand. It's strength. You know, he um, he never backs down. Uh, he... Achieved some important things when he was president, and in, in part because he was willing to, uh, to to see through fights that maybe another Republican president wouldn't. And a lot of Republicans interpret the indictments against him, uh, trying to kick him off the ballot, all that as Democratic fear of him. Now they are afraid of him and alarmed uh, by, by him, but but Republicans interpret it more the fearing Trump's Trump's strength and just his willingness to say. Whatever he wants and, and not abiding by any rules and not calculating, at least not uh, nakedly um, when he says stuff, also plays into this theme. So I think that's the, the one most important thing, and, and it's, it's a big reason why so many Republicans are just, just bonded to him and aren't going to move off him no matter what.
0: And so, on the other side, uh, no one unites Democrats more effectively than Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And just as no one has more devoted followers, nobody has more implacable uh, or irreconcilable opponents. Uh, what? What's the basis for that?
3: Well, I mean, they they, they hate any um, anyone who will pursue conservative policies, and and Trump will, and a lot of areas. You know, they hate Ron DeSantis as well. But then there's this added element of Trump is always poking the bear. He he could express things in, and, uh, in, in ways that aren't so offensive or don't make him so radioactive. He never does it. And then there, there's a genuinely alarming stuff that we discussed at at uh, the beginning of our conversation together. You know, Trump denied a legitimate election result and, and was determined, bound and determined to try to overturn it. He didn't succeed. I don't think he ever really had any chance of success, given how robust and um, distributed, uh, uh, robust our system is and how d- distributed the levers of power are. But it was disturbing. It was genuinely uh, disturbing. So, I, you know, again, I'm not, you know, I, there's a lot in President Biden's Valley Ford speech that I hate and think was ridiculous. But is he sincerely afraid of, of Trump? Yeah. And I think a lot of Democrats are.
0: What uh, uh, do you think is uh, the biggest potential surprise? You were talking about this, and we were interrupted by a break before. Uh, something that could happen uh, that would shake this race to its core?
3: I don't know. Besides some exogenous event or, God forbid, some you know health event or something totally unforeseeable kind of act of God, thing. It's hard to see. Short of that, you know, it's an underperformance by Trump in Iowa, and then a loss in New Hampshire, that maybe shakes something loose where he's he's been weaker all along than the public polling has showed. Now that, that's what I was saying prior to the, the break. It took a couple minutes ago. That there's some chance of that. You know, the chances of that aren't zero. They're just not extremely high. <laughs> so you wouldn't wouldn't bet on it. It's unlikely. But that that's the most foreseeable event that could change the trajectory and make us think, you know, a week and a half from now, whoa, this is, this is a totally different proposition than we, we thought over the last year.
0: And, uh, and then we have uh, Super Tuesday uh, coming up, uh, which, <laughs> which is March 5th, which uh, is also shockingly close. Uh, Certainly you would uh, not see a situation where the campaign, in a meaningful sense, we're we're probably going to have a nominee after Super Tuesday's votes are counted, no?
3: Yeah, and I think the likeliest scenario is that it's effectively over in a week and a half. I, I think the likeliest scenario is Trump wins both Iowa and New Hampshire, and DeSantis is out of the race, and it's very hard for Nikki Haley to stay. In the race, so uh, but but certainly, I, I would think by Super Tuesday it'll be decided. And you know what? What I believe is, e- even if Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire, uh, you know she's it's going to be with unaffiliated voters. And and you're not it, the candidate who's winning unaffiliated voters in New Hampshire uh, never in the end of the day beats the candidate who's winning Republican voters in New Hampshire, which will likely be Trump in this scenario because there are more Republicans and unaffiliated voters in the rest of the primaries. So I'm not I'm not optimistic. Uh, I think there's a chance, you know, some some remote chance that things could be could be different. Certainly, as we say in the editorial, nothing's inevitable, and Republican voters can change their minds. Um, uh, certainly, in theory, they can. I just don't, as a practical matter, don't think it's likely.
0: Okay, and now one final off the wall question: Who is a Trump's running mate if he wins the nomination? <laughs>
3: I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he does seem attracted to the idea of having a woman. I, I do think that limits his his options, um, not as much as you know, Joe Biden saying, I'm going to have an African-American woman, which is why I ended up with, with Kamala Harris. But I think it'd be wiser for Trump just to, to find someone who's, who's uh, um, not offensive to people. Not a, a mega extremist can maybe take a little bit of the, of the edge off his image, which you know is, isn't likely. But someone he can get along with um, and, and can trust will be will be uh, important. Obviously, there, there are a lot of people who want it. You know, it's a it's a big a, a alluring ticket. Number two in a um, on a ticket that quite possibly could you know have, probably has a 50-50 chance of winning in November.
0: Uh, ben Carson.
3: I, un, unlikely
0: okay uh, because there's been quite a bit of talk about that uh, Rich Lowry the editorial is posted at our website at michaelmedved.com about this election in this greatest nation on God's green earth